guys, this is Jason Fine. It's been a while since we've done a podcast, so we figured we'd kick off 2011 by talking to one of my favorite people, is uh, Congressman Paul Brown, who represents Georgia's uh, 10th Congressional District based out of Athens. Congressman Brown, thanks for joining me today. Jason, it's a pleasure to be with you, and I'm glad to have this opportunity to talk with you as well as all the people that uh, are on board with us. Well, Today was the swearing in. The, the Republicans have taken over. This is the uh, taking over the House of Representatives. The 112th Congress officially kicked off today. Uh, what's the atmosphere up there in Washington? What's everything like? How how is everybody feeling about everything? Well, I know on the Republican side, there's a air of excitement and great anticipation, and I'm as excited or more so than other members on the Republican side for the simple reason that we're talking in the Republican conference about constitutionally limited government. As you well know, I've, I'm an original intent constitutionalist. I believe that the federal government should only be doing those 18 things that Article 1, Section 8 gives us the authority to do. Mm-hmm. National defense, national security should be the major function of the federal government. We have this behemoth, burdensome federal government that is uh, wasteful in its spending. It's, it's totally out of control. We've got to stop the outrageous spending. We've got to create jobs and create a strong economy. We've got to look to the free market system for the solutions to our economy. And so our conference, our leadership, are going to be, uh, or at least they're saying that we're going to be looking towards the original intent of the Constitution. A good example is that every bill is going to have to have constitutional authority for that bill cited in the bill before it's going to be brought to the floor of the House for for a vote. We're going to have a lot more openness. We're going to have open rules. We have not had one open rule. What that means is the Democrats nor Republicans rank and file membership would have any input in the bills under Nancy Pelosi. She ran this place like a dictator. She uh, she brought forth closed rules so that we couldn't legislate. She wrote bills in her office and, and uh, that's just not going to happen now. We're going to have open rules. We're going to have Every bill is going to have a 72-hour uh, window for the American public to look at the bill online before we vote for uh, on the bill. And uh, so I think the American people are going to see a big change in how the U.S. House of Representatives is running. We're going to be the people's house again, not Nancy, Pelosi, Nancy Pelosi's fiefdom as it has been. What are your legislative priorities coming into the 112th Congress? Well, I introduced a lot of legislation in the last Congress, as you well know. I'm introducing my Sanctity of Life Act. It'll be the first bill I'll introduce in every Congress until we stop abortion, stop killing these unborn babies. My uh, second bill is a balanced budget amendment. I introduced a balanced budget amendment in the last Congress. Mine's different from any others in that uh, there were three in the last Congress. We're reintroducing mine uh, probably Friday. Uh, that's what it's planned to do now. Mine would require two-thirds of the House and the Senate to break a balanced budget, and only in the case of a declared national emergency, such as declared war. We've entered many wars, in fact, every war since World War II, without Congress declaring the war. Mm-hmm. That's unconstitutional. The Constitution mm-hmm. says that we should not, that Congress is the only one who has authority to declare war, not the President. And, we, and so mine would require two-thirds. And also, mine has a has a spending cap. The spending cap is capped on on the uh, population growth plus um, inflation, and we can't spend any more than that. So we have spending caps, 
It's a balanced budget that makes sense, and we've just got to stop this outrageous spending up here. It, and we've got to stop the tax burden and the regulatory burden on business and industry so we can create jobs and create a strong economy again. So those are, are some of the first things that we're doing. We're going to be reintroduced to most of the bills I had in the last legislature. I'm uh, the chairman of the Second Amendment Task Force fighting, fighting for Second Amendment issues. I also am the chairman of the uh, Property Rights Action Caucus, or PRAC, fighting for property rights. So we're going to be very strongly engaged in those things as well as in our committee uh, assignments. There was an article that came out, uh, I think, yesterday or the day before that um, Republicans during the campaign, during the midterm, said they were going to cut $100 billion in spending uh, from starting uh, in, in 2011. But now Republicans seem to be backing off from that pledge and saying that, that was just, you know, they, they, that was just something they were putting out there. It wasn't, it wasn't a, a determined amount. But the Pledge for America specifically said that. Um, there, there's a, a bipartisan group of, of think tanks that have put uh, $600 billion in spending cuts on the table or, or suggested that, they, that we cut this amount of spending. Uh, I, I know you're very, very much a hardcore fiscal conservative, and, but what guarantees do we have that Republicans are truly going to follow through on this pledge to cut spending? All we can do is wait and see, but uh, I'll give you an example of, of what we're going to be doing. We just changed the rules. Nancy Pelosi put in place something that they call PAYGO, which is shortened for pay as you go. The purpose of that, when she put it in, was that that uh, every bill was going to be paid for. Well, we've seen bill after bill that they didn't pay for. A good example is the stimulus bill mm-hmm. uh, that was not paid for. Obamacare is not paid for. They just use a lot of, of um, accounting tricks to show that uh, that Obamacare would save money, which it's not. It's actually going to increase the cost of health care, and it's going to be more expensive for the government than what they claim. But uh, PAYGO is a dismal failure, just like the stimulus bill was a dismal failure. We've changed that. We've taken away PAYGO, and we've put in place what we call CUTGO. We're going to cut as we go. We're going to continue every single week. We're going to have a vote on cutting the size of the federal government. Our leadership is determined. They've said over and over again that we're going to cut the size and scope of the federal government. Jason, we have this huge government that is uh, intrusive in people's lives. It's We've lost a lot of our liberty in this country. We have the tax burden and the regulatory burden on every industry in this country, which is driving jobs overseas. We've got to stop all that and bring jobs back here, create jobs, and our leadership is committed to doing that. So any of those that um, are scoffing or naysayers or, or questioning whether we're going to cut 100, 100 billion or 600 billion, I, I'd like to cut um, I'd like to cut 600 billion, and, yeah. but we're going to be working at that. And I think what re- realistically, the Democrats are still in charge of the Senate. We still have a Democrat in the White House. So we're going to, this week, we're going to vote on a rule that will, uh, is a, a rule on a bill that will be voted on next Wednesday to repeal Obamacare. And uh, we pledged in our Pledge to America that we were going to do that. The House is going to fulfill that pledge. And so the American people are invited. I invite our constituents in Georgia and constituents all over this country to hold members of Congress's feet to the fire. 
say, this is what you said you're going to do. By God, let's do it. You see, the most powerful political force in this nation is embodied in the first three words of the U.S. Constitution, we the people. And we the people can make it happen, but we the people need to speak very loudly to every member of Congress about getting the federal government out of the way so that we can start creating jobs and create a strong economy again. So we the people need to be activated. There, we have Austin Scott, who's a new member from Georgia. We have Rob Woodall from a new member of Georgia. What's the feeling among these freshmen who are coming in uh, about what they're seeing in the House of Representatives, and do you think it's a bit of a shock for them? Maybe it was for you when you got there. I don't think it's a bit of a shock. Coming here, even if you have, even if a person's been in, in the state legislature, it's, it's a different atmosphere. It's a different body. It, things work differently even from the state legislature perspective so it's different when i came here i had people ask me over and over again is this like drinking from a fire hose and my answer was no it's not like drinking from a fire hose this is like standing at the bottom of niagara falls and drinking that whole thing yeah Uh, so it comes at you in a fast furious manner the the thing is though these freshmen are uh, are very serious about cutting the size and scope of government they ran on a uh, platform of constitutionally limited government, many of them did, and, and they're very serious about it, and they're going to be uh, very vocal in, and have been very vocal in, in cutting the size and scope of government. So I'm excited about having these guys here with us. Uh, it's been a very lonely place for me at times because I've been one of very few people here in the U.S. House that stood on the original intent and the original purposes of government according to our founding fathers and what they said about it. Not what Paul Brown says about it, but what our founding fathers said the government should be. Uh, We've got great resources because they wrote voluminously the Federalist Papers, the Anti-Federalist Papers, other commentaries by our founding fathers are very explicit in what government should be doing and should not be doing. The Tenth Amendment, as an example, uh, was written and passed because they, by golly, they meant that the federal government should be very limited. And they said in the Tenth Amendment, if a power is not specifically given to the federal government by the Constitution, in other words, those 18 things in Article One, Section 8, if it's not limited to the state, from the states, then those rights are reserved for the, for the states and the people. And what we've seen, Jason, is we've seen federal courts, we've seen Republican as well as Democratic presidents, we've seen Republican as well as Democrat Congresses, go against the original intent of the Constitution. We've grown this this huge, burdensome, uh, boggling uh, behemoth of a government that's very intrusive in people's lives, and it's, it's killing our economy, and, and these freshmen want to see that change, and I want to see that change. So I'm excited about having these guys on board. Do you think this is the most conservative House Republican conference that we've had in, in, in ever, or even, or how long? Or I, I believe it is in my lifetime i as a volunteer worked for years up here as a volunteer uh, advocate for hunting rights second amendment rights and conservation issues so i've been around congress and and uh dealt with members both democrat as well as republican members i've um, been engaged in the process up here for, for many years in fact i started that back in the early to mid 1980s so, uh, and, and my dad was in the 
in the General Assembly in in Georgia for for, for thirty what thirty eight years, but a long time. So I've been around politics for a long time. In my lifetime, we have the most conservative, most constitutionally oriented Republican conference that I can remember that I, I believe that we've ever had in my lifetime. And the, the thing that's so exciting to me, Jason, is that we're talking about the original intent of the Constitution. I've never seen that. Yeah. And our leadership's talking about that, and they're very serious about that. So we're going to work very hard to create jobs. We're going to repeal Obama. We're going to work to repeal Obamacare here in the House. We, we'll pass that bill next Wednesday to repeal Obamacare. Well, it's, it's funny that it's a two-page bill that's right. taken down a behemoth over what over eighteen hundred page bill that was passed in March. It's it's that's right. it's, it's very well, Jason. I I think you and I talked before. I uh, introduced my own comprehensive health care reform bill that is extremely comprehensive. The only thing that I didn't deal with and really did somewhat, but uh, it it deals with Medicare and deals with private insurance. It gets people who who uh, want to buy insurance, it makes it more affordable so that they can. It helps take care of people who are uninsurable or those that have pre-existing conditions. It it does major things to health care financing. My bill is not but 106 pages. Right. That's right. There's no reason for us to have 2,000, 3,000-page bills. Are there any other uh, proposals that the House Republicans are going to be offering when they repeal Obamacare? I know that they were talking about repeal and replace. You mentioned some ideas about your bill. Is there anything else that's being tossed out by Republicans that we may see coming up in this first session of Congress? Absolutely. In fact, the Energy and Commerce Committee, I'm trying real hard to get on it so I can put my ideas uh, into the mix there in the committee uh, about health care financing. I have a unique experience as a medical doctor, particularly as a family doctor, and trying to get good quality health care for my patients at the best cost, which is unlike any other medical specialty. Other medical specialties deal with doing procedures, and that's how they make their living. I make my living by trying to get quality health care at the lowest price for my patients. So I have a different perspective, but uh, we'll consider a number of things. The bill that we will pass next Wednesday will repeal Obamacare, and it charges the four committees with jurisdiction over health care policy to bring a replacement bill to the floor to be voted on. You will see, and I hope very uh, soon into this Congress, I can't tell you when it's going to happen, but we will have a replacement bill that will be brought to the floor, and the House will pass it. It will, uh, it, it will repeal Obamacare, and replace it with something that makes sense so that patients and doctors can make decisions, not some bureaucrat in Washington, D.C. It will replace the job-killing Obamacare bill, and it will be one that will will literally lower the cost. And I'll get, just give you some examples of things that I think will be in it. Uh, I think you'll see us uh, having that bill across state line purchasing of insurance so that insurance companies can offer a number of different insurance products to people all over the country. I think you'll see association pools in there so that anybody in this country could join an association and have multiple insurance products that they could purchase at a much lower price than we have today. I think you're going to see market-based solutions put into the healthcare financing. I think you'll see some effort to, to, um, and I hope in the bill, we'll send uh, money to the states and block grants for Medicaid. That's something that I'm going to push very hard for. 
I've talked to members of the Georgia General Assembly, and they would love that. And let uh, let the General Assemblies all, uh, the legislatures all over the country, try to find out the best way to deal with these. You see, our founding fathers, Jason, believe very firmly that the states were the laboratories of public policy, and that our founding fathers thought that one state would try one thing, and another state would try something else, and third state would try another, and they would find the best way to solve the problems. We, they didn't believe in a one-size-fit-all mm-hmm. big federal government, and that's what we need to go back to. And so uh, given the, the Medicaid money back to the states and the state child health insurance program money back to the states so that the states can figure out the best way to spend those funds, and hopefully we'll get the states to take over those programs. I want to make sure that there are no strings attached to these block grants. I, I believe very firmly in block grants. You see, what I'm going to be doing is building bridges, building bridges to transfer the power back to the states and the people so that people's needs are met, but we get those powers back where they should be, and that's in the hands of the folks uh, all across this country and not here in Washington, D.C. I'd like to see Washington, D.C. have half the population because I like to see these government bureaucrats up here have to go find a real job, particularly IRS agents. <laughs> find a real job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, one more question I had for you, and, and I know yeah. you have been a, 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 an outspoken critic of earmarks, and I'm assuming going into this 112th Congress that you have once again renewed your pledge not to take earmarks. Is that right? Absolutely. In fact, the whole Republican conference has, has done so. We uh, we did that the last year of the uh, 111th Congress, and uh, it's, it's the policy in the U.S. House the Republicans are not going to request earmarks. Uh, that's one thing I think uh, I've been skeptical of Republicans and with good reason because I grew up during the, the 90s and saw how Republicans kind of lost their way. And I think a lot of that reason was because compromises made. And, you know, during the, two, the, the 2000s, we saw enormous growth in earmarks. And it's good to hear Republicans. And a lot of people argue that that's not a big issue. But I think you start with the little stuff. If you can prove you can cut the little stuff, you move, you can then you can really start talking about the big stuff. Absolutely. You're just absolutely damn correct with that. The earmarks are a small portion of, of the federal budget, but uh, you're exactly right. There are people in jail because of the, of the fraud, the corruption that has come about because of the earmarking process. Republicans under Tom DeLay decided that they were going to try to buy people's love through earmarking and and they exploded under the leadership of, of Tom DeLay and company back when Republicans were in charge of Congress, and they did lose their way. The thing is, when Republicans act like Democrats, then then we're going to lose out in elections, and I think that's what the 2006 and the 2008 elections were all about, because the Republicans have lost their way. But we've got different leadership. We've got a whole lot more conservative Republican conference, as you mentioned a few minutes ago, we've got people talking about a constitutionally limited government um, according to the original intent. So I'm excited about where we're going. And by the way, I, I encourage you or anybody else to contact me through my office. They can go on my website, Brown, B-R-O-U-N, dot house, H-O-U-S-E, dot gov. That's Brown, B-R-O-U-N, dot house, H-O-U-S-E, dot gov, G-O-V. They can sign up for email updates. If they don't live in my district, then they need to send an email and ask us to put put them on the put their name email address on a name on our email list. We can do that. We can't just automatically sign them up if they 
if they don't live in our district. But if they send us an email, we'll put them on the on the email. They can also find links to my Twitter um, account as well as my Facebook page. We'd love to anybody who's listening to us to to come and be a friend on on uh, my Facebook page. So I invite them to contact us and let us know what they think. Well, Congressman, thank you so much for your time and congratulations on your reelection and and your. Uh being uh, sworn in today at, at the House of Representatives, and uh, we, we look forward to great things from you for the next two years. Well, thank you so much, Jason. It's going to be interesting to see what Peace Pundit says or what I'm not being sworn in or not. We still want proof. I mean, there's got to be a video out there or something, right? I mean. <laughs> well, I've been sworn in, but I'm sure there are going to be some scoffers today. Oh, sure. I, well, you know, I, I had to bring it up because today was the swearing in, and, and, and since that's been, been such a joke at Peach Pundit, and, you know, I'm sorry. I, I apologize for that. So. Well, there's no problem. Well, I, I think it's funny. Yeah. Oh, it's great. Yeah. Well, thank you very much for your time, and, and anytime you want to talk, just let me know. Well, thank you, and likewise, if you have any questions, call me in. Be glad to talk with you at any time about any issue. Thank so you. Please go on my website, brown.house.gov. All right. Thank you, Congressman. Appreciate it. Thanks, Jason.